Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. And sunburymotors.com. Well, just to kind of carry into the conversation that Stephen and I had yesterday regarding the Nets and them not playing stars and kind of where the NBA is at this point with its players, scared of its players. Well, all of it comes down to the Nets are now have now lost LaMarcus Aldridge, who abruptly retired due to a health scare today. He had an irregular heartbeat during his final appearance with the team, which was against the Lakers last Saturday, and his condition worsened, so he decided to obviously end his career then. So thoughts, obviously, with him there. So that's one player that the Nets lose that I pretty much thought that they were kind of sort of counting on, and that was part of the argument of Nets fans that, well, they didn't have Aldridge, they didn't have Durant, Harden, etc., Sixers take care of business last night. It was a little choppy towards the end. Nearly blowing a 22-point lead, but they get the win. And now they have the clear-cut advantage, and they have the tiebreaker for the number one seed in the East should they get to that point because they've now taken the season series from the Nets, which can come in handy because the Sixers are 21-5 and now at home, I believe it is. Something like that. And, of course, should these two meet in the conference finals, that's huge for the Sixers. And the Sixers have been better on the road this year. But they still have been so good at home the last two seasons. Almost unbeatable at home. They only have a handful of losses at home in the last two years. I think it's eight to be exact. I think they only had three last year before the pause and then they played the rest of the year at the bubble and of course the Sixers didn't play well at all swept by the Celtics in the playoffs and that was also part of the reason why I didn't get the Nets handling of last night I get you want to work back to Kevin Durant sure fine but the injury there Harden's hurt okay fine but everybody else should have played for them 
that didn't play for them last night. I mean, obviously, the Marcus Aldridge, of course, is a different story now. Because now we know what happened with him. But bottom line is, if you had your top players available and ready and healthy enough to play, they should have played last night. There should have been no load management last night. Because of that nearly factor, if you're the Nets, you have to know your division rival strength, top strength is playing at home. And this game last night determined that. Who would have who could have the number one seed potentially through a tiebreaker? And you didn't have guys ready to play that could have been ready to play. And so the Sixers took advantage. They were in control for majority of the game, minus the run that the Nets went on towards the end of the game to make it close, and the Sixers pulled it out. But we didn't get into this totally yesterday from a basketball standpoint. So I'll say this. I still think the Sixers are, are connected. a better team. And we are now connected, yes. yes. But the Sixers take care of business last night. That's nice. <laughs> uh, um... And we'll end that conversation right then in there. I was just carrying things well, no, over from yesterday because of seeing the Marcus Aldridge news and all that stuff. Yeah, which is hard. I mean, it's yeah. a regular heartbeat. It's hard. Um, I will start out. I will. I will stay with that theme for a moment, uh, only to make you feel better. Uh, so, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Saturday, Doug is going to try and do something, and the suit just going to bypass it. Uh, but I'll stick with that for a moment uh, in this regard. I am not one of those individuals that thinks that the bygone era, oh, that's why there's so much better back then. No, I've never been like that. I know that I'm watching the depth of athlete today so many great athletes today playing the game. And I'll take it quickly sport by sport. Now, do I think that there's nobody in the game that is on the same level as Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux or Bobby Orr? No, there is not. Crosby's a great player. Vetchkin's a great player. But they're not in that category. All right? There's, kind of, these are kind of like the – those are the, the, the ultra 1A group. But the number of really great athletes and great hockey players playing today, there's more than ever. And the, the stretch pass and how they've opened up the ice, it's a more exciting game to me today. And I think I'm watching great players all over the place. It's just, you know, just because there's not a Gretzky or an Orr or whatever, well, that's why they are who they are. I mean, the NFL may not have Jerry Rice. They don't have Jim Brown or Walter Payton or whatever. But guess what? The depth of quality player in the NFL and athlete in the NFL today is the best I've ever seen. NBA? You know, I mean, LeBron is, is exceptional. But after LeBron, I mean, who is it? I mean, you know, the, no, with all due respect, I mean, Durant's a great player, but uh, – and and – so was Kawhi Leonard, but Durant and Kawhi Leonard are not Larry Bird, they're not Magic Johnson, they're not Michael Jordan, but that doesn't matter. Every team is loaded now with great athletes across the board in the league. 
over and over and over. Great shooters. Okay, well-conditioned, great players. Instead of a team having like four or five great athletes on the team, they got 12 now. And baseball. You know, the the depth of, of great athlete playing in baseball now. Phenomenal, well-conditioned say that with all due respect, Dick, to Boog Powell. Uh, but so I know that. See, I'm not I'm not the old man got off my lawn. Okay? I feel like, you know, and to me, college football's been more exciting than ever. To me, college basketball's been more exciting than ever because of the spreading of talent all over the place. Now, we're going to see how people are affected as a fan about the transfer rules that are going to be passed, you know, how do they react? Because, look, college sports is about the front of the jersey. It's not about the back of the jersey. Pro sports is promoting always the back of the jersey. Pro sports promotes the back of the jersey. College sports promotes the front of the jersey. But just because, you know, so I'm a person that feels like I'm watching the best athlete. I mean, the depth of athlete, the depth of great athlete in every sport has never been better, in my opinion. Finely, finely tuned, uh, so many smart know how to play their respective games. That's that's who I am watching these individuals play. But that doesn't mean that we can't have some, quote, old-time values. And this is where the NBA needs to be careful. Every pro sport needs to be careful. We've gone through a pandemic where nobody was allowed to go. I have pictures of my phone that I took of Nebraska, 90,000 empty seats. Michigan, 110,000 empty seats from the broadcast booth. So believe me, I saw it firsthand over and over again, right in front of my eyes. But the question is going to be, where are fans economically at the end of the pandemic and where are they emotionally after the pandemic? Emotionally in terms of willingness to go back into large crowds, but also emotionally into, you know what, I went for a whole year without the NBA. I don't need to go back. What the NBA and the NBA players need to understand is that they have to earn their fan base every single night. You can't take them for granted, especially now. You can't make the assumption, hey, as soon as they open up the gates, they all want to come out and watch me play. No, they really don't. The ratings were terrible. Remember, everybody made the assumption. Remember what? Let's turn the clock back on the show. All of us made the assumption that when live sports came back, the ratings were going to be off the chart. 
because they couldn't pay. Especially, oh, the NBA. The NBA was going to thrive. And then the first weekend came up, and, and this is the first weekend. And the ratings weren't that good. Like, hmm. Well, maybe it's because it was like teams, uh, they were just playing meaningless games to get back into playing again. Then the playoffs started. They had to make sure Zion was in, so they put the special rule in, <laughs> which they're going to do it again this year. Yeah, stupid. And again, the ratings were way down. Well, once we get to the regular part of the playoffs, they'll pick up. And the regular part of the playoffs started. And the ratings didn't pick up. Boy, if LeBron gets to the finals, boy, people are, it's historic. It's the Lakers, LeBron, Anthony Davis. People will watch. No. Lowest rated NBA finals ever. That should have sent a... Now, you can hear all sorts of excuses. Well, it's the time of the year. Hey, look, the NFL plays on Sundays and has a game on Monday night. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday especially, you had to yourself. And remember, in September, there are a lot of college football teams. There's a lot of college football in September. It wasn't being played until September 26th. Remember, that's when the SEC and the ACC came back was on September 26th. And the Big Ten didn't come back till and the, until October 24th. So they had September during the middle of the week to themselves and still couldn't draw fans to watch them on TV. Hmm. And now you have this attitude, you can't take your fan base for granted. You, If you're making 20 to $30 million a year and you're considered to be one of the stars of the game, you have to walk into the arena every single night and assume that there is somebody that bought a ticket that has never seen you play before in person and you're obligated to play the game because they bought that ticket to watch you play. You've got to have that attitude. LeBron does, you know, LeBron plays, unless LeBron's hurt, which he has been. High ankle sprain, let's face it, that takes a while to come back from. LeBron is one of those guys that gets it. He plays. Some of these guys, they don't get it. And you know what, what, what makes it, that endorses it, is that Toronto won and Kawhi Leonard played 60 games. He took 22 games off when Toronto won. So that ends up, the ends end up justifying the means, and I'm telling you, that is not... I'm sorry, you're, I, uh, to me, right now, they are in a spot. They are in a spot. Every single league is in a spot. The NFL... Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, they're all in a spot right now where I think they they cannot make any assumptions as to who is actually going to come back and watch them. They have, they, I think they have to take the attitude that we've got to earn everybody and get them to get them back. We got to earn them. 
you take that for granted, you're you're letting your entire sport down, and you're letting your franchise down. That's what I mean. Again, I think the athlete today and the games I'm watching today are better than ever. Doesn't mean every game's perfect or great or awesome. There are some duds out there. Always are. But I feel like the 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 depth of the number of athletes that we see in, in these games is phenomenal. I love watching it. But it doesn't mean you can't have an old school attitude about showing up for work. Not old idea. Not all the old ideas, by the way, are <clears throat> bad ideas. Just like not all the new ideas are great ideas. It's too much of an attitude right now that every old idea is is outdated and old, and every new idea is phenomenal. No, some new ideas are phenomenal. Some are stupid. Some old ideas are antiquated. Some old ideas are staples of life. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, more coming up in the next half hour. Great to have you with us on the show today. There are a lot of great new ideas out there and great new ways of doing things. But not every new idea is a good one. There are some old ideas that are antiquated. There are some old ideas that are also staples that you build around. The quicker that people realize that a little bit of both is great, the better off everybody's going to be. The younger generation can't sit there and go, go, really, the way we do things is best. Not all of it. And by the way, my generation can't say, well, the way we did things was better. No, not all of it. A mixture of both is critical to moving forward. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. The suit hates turning his clock back in the fall because he had to relive an hour of his life. <laughs> I hate it too. I hope that gets passed. Actually, I'm a person. I like it. Here's, you don't want to know why? Because I like the extra hour of sleep on a Sunday. Usually it's after a football game. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> like, all right. I just hate it being dark out at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. True. But, you know, the funny thing is, I'm used to it in life. And also, not fun with the little guy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he's no, good I now. That. I understand that. But, you know, here's my point about... When I was a kid, I grew up in Connecticut. Well, the sun goes down earlier there. You know, I'm by sometimes like 20 minutes. So when I was a kid, 
I mean, it was. It may be darker here at like four forty-five in the afternoon. It was dark there at like four fifteen, four twenty. Hmm. I never knew that about Connecticut. Oh, just like the sun goes down later in Indiana. I don't want to explain this concept of the Earth moving, do I? No, it's okay. We don't need to go there. We we'll have to do like the axis thing, do we? I'm a little concerned here. I know it. Russell Westbrook doesn't, but I know it. <laughs> What's interesting is that um, the reason I want to talk about it. It's already explained it once in the suit years ago on the show. And it's like, it was just. <laughs> you know, and then, then his reaction when I told him the earth wasn't flat. Man, that was a bummer for him. No God! No God! No God! Now, Doug's on the show tomorrow. He is. I can't wait for this. Doug is on the show. We had our options. We decided to go with the person that was actually preparing for the game. So. Huh? What do you think? You, sir, are my hero. So he'll be on tomorrow. Yep, 335. We, we had a litmus test. Which one knew that the the Holy Cross was from Worcester and not Worcester? <laughs> Doug, wide margin. F O U L E D. That spells foul. Now, before we continue, let's pay tribute to the great Jackie Robinson. Not just sports, but life changed today. 1947. We took the lineup card out. He hit seventh, played first base. And that was really important. It changed everything. And keep in mind with Jackie Robinson... Jackie Robinson, on and off the field, had to be perfect. He couldn't fail, on or off the field. People were looking, there were certain individuals that were looking for weakness. And let's remember Larry Doby in the American League, two, two months later, Two and a half months later, went through the same thing in the American League. Well, you think he had an easy time? You know what's interesting about Larry Doby? He played for the Cleveland Indians. He loved Cleveland. Loved Cleveland. But we have to make sure we don't go through this day without mentioning 
the great Jackie Robinson. Okay. So let's get to... the transfer portal in the Big Ten. Let's see where it stands right now. This is basketball. We'll do basketball first. By the way, John Meeks, I saw John Meeks did transfer. Where, where did he go? I Actually, this is the first I'm hearing about that. I'll have to check that out. No, no, no. I saw John Meeks transfer. It's all part of doing the show. Yeah. So, but he did. He did complete his transfer. Ding, 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 ding. Where did he transfer to? Because he had put his name in the portal. College of Charleston. That was it. John Meeks went to College of Charleston. Bing, 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 bing. Yep. Yeah. So he, he went to college at Charleston. Tough one for the Bison, but no surprise. All right. So let's get to the Big Ten. Now, there are 1,400 names in the transfer portal in basketball. 1,400. So let's start with Illinois. Io DeSumo. He's going to the NBA draft. Okay, done. Georgie Bashanishvili. <laughs> let's put his name into the NBA draft. Uh, he will play in as many NBA games as you will in his career, but he'll probably play pro in Europe. That's where his, mo- his mom and his brother live in Austria. So he's done with school. Adam Miller put his name into the portal. Interesting. Still not committed. Indiana. Indiana's had a mixed bag. Al Durham has transferred to Providence. Armand Franklin has transferred to Virginia. Uh, Race Thompson is returning to Indiana. Jordan Geronimo returning to Indiana. Christian Lander returning to Indiana. Parker Stewart transfer from uh, Tennessee Martin returning to Indiana. Joey Brunk the center who had started his career at Butler and um, was hurt last year, is in the portal and still no landing spot yet. Iowa, Luca Garza is leaving. Joe Wieskamp put his name into the NBA draft for evaluation but is not retaining an agent. Jack Nungy is transferring to Xavier. And then two guys that never played, Austin Ash and Michael Bear, are both in the transfer portal and uncommitted. Maryland, Aaron Wiggins and Eric Ayala put their names into uh, NBA draft consideration, but they're not hiring agents. Aquan Smart, Shoal Mariel, Connor Odom, and a guy that's going to be a fifth-year senior, Daryl Morsell, are all in the portal right now, uncommitted. Aaron Henry leaving Michigan State for the NBA draft. Jack Hoiberg transferred to UT Arlington. Rocket Watts put his name in. And so far, no landing spot. Minnesota, this will take a while. 
David Mutoff is going to play professionally in Spain. Gabe Kalsher just announced this week he's going to Iowa State. Liam Robbins announced on Tuesday he's going to Vanderbilt. Jamal Mashburn Jr., still available. Jarvis Omersa, still available. Marcus Carr, still available. Martise Mitchell, still available. Sam Freeman, still available. Trey Williams, still available. And Eric Curry, who has had two ACLs in his career, has decided to call it a career. Can't blame him. Nebraska has their usual long list. Yvonne Odriago, the center, transferred to Grand Canyon. Akral Arup in the portal, waiting. Brett Porter, waiting. Elijah Wood, waiting. And I know you're stunned, but Teddy Allen, who had 41 against Penn State, then played one more game after that and then quit the team, is in the portal right now and is still waiting. There are two guys in the portal for Northwestern, although I think Anthony Gaines found a landing spot. Um, He's going to Siena. Miller Kopp is still waiting. Kopp's a good player, by the way. I like Kopp. Maybe not the greatest defender, but a nice outside shot. Ohio State, Musa Jallo. We know about Penn State. Jamari Wheeler's going to Ohio State. Myron Jones to Florida, Patrick Kelly to Fordham, Trent Buttrick to UMass. But Isaiah Brockington's coming back, and there is a report today that Seth Lundy very well may have taken his name out of the portal. And we're waiting on John Harrow. Purdue, Aaron Wheeler went to St. John's. Emmanuel uh, Duanona is uh, still in the portal. Miles Johnson announced this afternoon from Rutgers he is going to UCLA. Not a surprise, he is, uh, actually grew up in Long Beach. Mabadou Decor has transferred to LaSalle. Daniel Lobach uh, hardly ever played in the portal. Montez Math is still in the portal. Jacob Young, 15 points a game, still in the portal. Wisconsin, Trevor Anderson. Now, one day, Trevor Anderson's going to be a coach. I can tell you that right now. He transferred from Wisconsin to Valpo. Walt McCrory, who hardly ever played, is going to South Dakota. Joe Hedstrom, hardly ever played, still doesn't have a spot. Nate Reavers is still in the transfer portal. Now, these are guys that are transferring in. Omar Payne is going from Florida to Illinois. Xavier Johnson is going from Pitt to Nebraska. Fats Russell is going from Rhode Island to Maryland. Kudus Wahab is going from Georgetown to Maryland. Minnesota. Jamison Battle goes from George Washington to Minnesota. Lucas Lowe from William & Mary to Minnesota. Seth Sutherland from New Hampshire to Minnesota. E.J. Stevens from Lafayette to Minnesota. Northwestern Elijah Williams is going to go from Fairleigh Dickinson to Northwestern. Of course, we already talked about Jamari Wheeler going from Penn State to Ohio State. So that's where the basketball transfers stand on this particular day. Now, the next wave of football transfers will be after spring practice. Once players go through spring practice and get a real feel about where they are in their current organization, there's going to be some decisions made as to what they want to do. 
Unfortunately, they have the same attitude as the suit does when it comes to broadcasting games. I ain't starting, I'm departing. All right, so it's, you know, how many times you heard him say that? Suit always wants to be the lead dog because as the lead dog, guess what happens? If you're not the lead dog, if you are not the lead dog, and the suit knows this, the view never changes. He's been chasing Doug for years. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I'll tell you right now, with the suit, you need a staff. We'll come back with more in a moment. Is he still in Myrtle Beach? Yes, I think he's coming back tomorrow, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, it is tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's Friday. He said he'd be back the day before. Yeah, so he's coming back tomorrow. Are we sure? Doesn't sound like you're too sure. As far as I know, I think that was the plan. What time's kickoff Saturday? Two. one thirty airtime on the Valley. So he's got to be here by one twenty nine. Correct. <laughs> well, if I have to, I'll, I'll just jump up. I'll go upstairs from the PA, Mike, to do the pregame before I have to go back down for the game at 2. Imagine the smile on Doug's face. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Meanwhile, Doug, understanding the importance of Saturday's championship game, said if he was going to go to any shore, it was going to be Jersey Shore just to meditate. Knowing, of course, that the suit would never be accepted in Jersey Shore because of all the stuff he has said about them over the years. You, sir, are my hero! Suits out ordering lobster. Having a great time. Dave Giacchini getting his team ready for one of the bigger games the Bucknell football's ever played. Chance to win a championship. If they win, I hope Doug gets a ring and I hope they take the suits and they saw it in half to show the commitment he made. Here, we gave you half a ring. No? Bad. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. 
Pirates lost this afternoon to the Padres 8-3, to so the Padres salvage a split of that four-game series. Thank God. Now the Yankees have a better record than the Pirates again. I didn't realize that was a competition. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be saying that. I thought the Yankees would have a slow start, but I didn't think the Pirates would have this many wins. I thought they would get five wins by the time it was, like, July. <laughs> what's That's your, the problem. Uh, what's your team's record? They're five and seven after a so-so series with Toronto. Yeah, but I thought they had, like, all this high-priced talent. It's all on the, DL, on the IL right now, unfortunately, or just not showing that talent right now one or the other I expected the slow start but why did you expect a slow start you've invested millions you've got I mean some pitching staffs have 36 million dollars total on their staff you have 36 million dollars in one guy I thought they would because of some of the injuries they picked up late in spring training but that doesn't excuse exactly guys like Judge Stan and etc although Judge had two homers yesterday but one of the really great college football players ever, Leroy Keyes, passed away uh, today at the age of 74. Purdue finished third in the Heisman in 68, second in the Heisman in 69. He was a great all-around player. And spent some time with the Eagles. He also worked in Philadelphia for a long time. I mean, he worked in Philadelphia schools for 16 years. Then he uh, coached running backs at Purdue after that. But he was the third overall pick by the Eagles in 69. So, they, I mean, again, he played uh, both running back and safety. But, again, another guy you that you won't like because he played for the Eagles and didn't do enough for you. I worry about you. <laughs> I just, you know, I thought I passed it on. Former Philadelphia Eagle. He, Leroy Key is a great player at Purdue. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he could play safety. He could play running back. He could catch the ball. Then he went to Philadelphia, and the the Eagles just have a tendency to ruin guys. Some just can't play in in the under the uh, spotlight of Philadelphia. Well, they've perfected over the years getting those guys. All right. Um, I guess they mentioned it to Howie Roseman today, and he said who? That wasn't a good response. Um, well, that's not surprising. Just kidding. He's too busy being paranoid about everybody trying to do things without his his say. You just don't like people, do you? 